Hello and welcome to this What Do You Want to Watch discussion about our top 10 personal favorite TV shows of 2023. I'm your host, Ashley Hubley. Joining me today, Dylan Blight. Happy to be here to talk about television. <laughs> yes. So let's just jump straight into it. Dylan, what's your number 10? Holy shit. Uh, no rigor and roll. It's pretty obvious what we're doing. Uh, head over to ExplosionNetwork.com to check out all our best of 2023 content, which this is a part of. But yes, Dylan, what's your number 10? My number 10 TV series for 2023, Mrs. Davis. Uh, the wild show that came out of... Uh, when did it come out? April, February, somewhere around there. Um, came out the start of the year. I remember in our discussion on what do you want to watch, it was sort of like, hey, maybe this is the first good show of the year. And it held up. So, you know, like, <laughs> by the end of the year, it was still a good show. I don't know if, I don't know if we said that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like at the time, it was like, the, was like, oh, this one's... I still feel like it's highly under-watched. I don't know, you know? I still like, still that feeling of, was this show a thing we dreamt up? Was it really on TV? I don't recall anyone else It came else out in April. It. There you go. And I'm saying there's probably some other shows that came out earlier of the year that are on your list, I'm guessing. Yeah, probably true. <laughs> um, but it is a wild show. Um, I don't really know how to explain it to anyone other than, like, it sounds like a joke every time you try and describe it of, hey, it's a nun and she's dating Jesus and she's trying to take down AI. That's the show. She's really the hero we need now. <laughs> yeah, really. Right. From one of the people that did Lost. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so my number 10 is Blue Eye Samurai, the animated series on Netflix, uh, following a samurai uh, who is the offspring of a white person, uh, which is kind of... Uh, uh, a taboo in Japan uh, where this is obviously set. Uh, and that person, that samurai sets out to uh, exact revenge on that white man by killing, aiming to kill the four white men who were in Japan at the time of her birth. Um, yeah, just a beautifully choreographed TV show. Uh, really f- compelling characters, compelling chore- uh, action sequences, beautifully animated. It's got a really unique style to it. Um, and yeah, just really well told series. Um, got one of my favorite episodes of the year. Uh, and yeah, just bold, just you know, willing to go all the way. Very bloody, very adult. Um, yeah, it, it is a good time. So uh, check out Blue Eyed Samurai on Netflix. Dylan, what's number nine? Number nine on my list is the Prime Video series Deadlock. Because it's set in Tassie. Okay, my number nine is. <laughs> uh, so this show is very, I feel like it's that thing of like, you have to watch the first couple episodes and then you're even going to vibe with it or not. Because it's, it's definitely falls into that dark, weird comedy style where you've got one character who's just playing the murders very seriously, one of the detectives. And she's like, you know, regular cop living down here, like near Hobart, where they're like, this dead body turns up on the beach. And then they send down this other cop from fucking Queensland, WA, wherever it was, somewhere hot, because they turn up in flip flops and boardies. And they're just, yeah. Oh, and that was in Old Church here. They just turn up and they're like, 
they're a cartoon character. Like they're, <laughs> they're, and you're either going to vibe with this, just the way they play off each other, or be like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, like, I can understand if people are like, I don't understand how this is funny, but I found it very funny. I found all the characters in this quite, <laughs> quite amusing. I, I really feel like if you stick with it right through to the end, you sort of, weirdly, that character, um, Eddie, who you would think has got nothing to them other than one-liners and just being ridiculous, actually turns out to have a lot more, uh, a lot more of intrigue. So, um, yeah, definitely was a surprise hit for me this year, Deadlock, but a lot of fun. Alright. Uh my number nine is Schmigadoon season two. Uh it's called Schmigadoon, a musical comedy series. Uh the first season was uh saw uh Cecily Strong and King Michael Key play two doctors who get trapped in a musical town, uh inspired by like the nineteen forties, nineteen fifties musical. Uh this season they're, they're kind of sick of their like routine lives, so they aim to go back to Schmigadoon. Uh, but the town has changed, and it's now Schmicago, a town more uh, inspired by the darker musicals of the 1970s and the 1980s, uh, where there's people talking about maybe eating orphans, and, uh, you know, people <laughs> just get be birded left and right, pretty much. Um is a lot of fun. There is so many fantastic musical numbers in this series. Um, at least one memorable one an episode. So, I mean, that is a very impressive strike rate. Um, really great ensemble cast. Really fun satire of or, or like comedy about uh, the source material that they're trying to uh, tackle. So, um, yeah, Schmigadoon. I. That's the show that I think is probably underwatched and underappreciated. You know, it's on Apple TV Plus. So check out Shrinker Doing. It's great. Dylan, what's your number eight? My number eight is The Last of Us. Wow. Um, obviously, one of the most talked about shows of the year. Um, love the, the, the video game and the sequel, of course. Um, I think the show is good. I definitely feel like it has more ups and downs than. Um, like every episode's at least good, but I I think in the retrospective and and the further we got from it, I was I was more like oh, I don't know like I, I really like this show, but it's definitely not like it's not like compared to something like what Mason did before with like Chernobyl or whatever. Like it's definitely nowhere near on that caliber. And like looking back on the year, I'm like as much as I enjoyed The Last of Us, maybe it is in part because I've played the game several times and and stuff. It just um, I didn't want to put it quite as high um, as some other things from this year. Still very good, though, obviously. Yeah, to make the Trump sound, still good to be very good. Yeah. Uh, number eight on my list is Mrs. Davis. It is a batshit crazy episode, show that changes episode by episode. There is a, not only is it about a nun who gets daddy cheeses and fighting AI, there's also like a, a secret base of uh, uh, men trying to fight against AI who are all like giving off homosexual vibes. Uh, they also have to in- infiltrate the Vatican at one point. Uh, there is a whole series of events revolving around the Holy Grail, uh, which may or may not cause people's heads to explode. Um, yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff in this season, uh, this series, 
which is unfortunately been cut short because they only do it in the one season. Um, but yeah, it was a wild ride, and I enjoyed every single minute of it. It's just, yeah, just kookiness, uh, but done right. So I thoroughly enjoyed Miss Davis. Dylan, what's your number seven? My number seven is Shrinking, the feel-good Apple TV Plus series of the year. Um, sort of replaces that Ted Lasso spot, I suppose, where previously would sort of have that as the Apple TV Plus feel-good show. Um, makes sense that, you know, two people from Ted Lasso are involved in this in the writer's mm-hmm. room and creators, but yeah. Um, it's really funny. The The whole idea behind it is just obviously Jason Siegel's character is a therapist who needs therapy and he's bad at his job because he needs therapy and he decides to just break all the rules of therapy. And then you've got Harrison Ford in this being his regular grumpy self, but also being the funniest he's probably ever been in anything, um, at least that I've seen. Um, all other characters are great. It's filled with lots of heartfelt moments, but um, most of the time it is just very funny. Um, I can't wait for season two. Done. My number seven is also shrinking. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, fantastic series. Um, Jaden Siegel plays his role as the r- guy who's hit rock bottom, who isn't necessarily bad at therapy, but is clearly is still coming to terms with the death of his wife um, and, you know, trying to work his way back up, but is uh, taking the approach of honesty as the best honesty to the extreme and just telling people exactly what they need to hear, what they need to hear. Uh, instead of getting them to where they need to figure out their own problems, come to the realization of their own problems, uh, which you know may or may not cause problems in the future. Like you said, Harrison Ford is fantastic. Probably the reason to watch this show, even though it's got a stellar ensemble cast. Um, he is more committed to this than I've seen him in anything in recent memory. Um, and he is hilarious. Like... Um, regularly getting the biggest laughs in any scene or yeah just his delivery and <laughs> timing uh commitment you know he did as i keep pointing out you know there's an excellent scene where he's singing sugar rays every morning which is a delight mm-hmm. uh, and raises this show up to, <laughs> to a top 10 status uh but i also love uh who, ted mckinley Derek, liz's husband who's adult just a, a scene stealer as well Eat a dick, Pam. Tell him what's the number six. <laughs> My number six is Colin from Accounts, which is one of, I think, two shows looking at my list that do fall in having released right at the end of 2022, but in our rules for exposure, oh, okay. it sort of fits in that. So you, you're working still. on technicality. <laughs> I'm working on our rules for our ExplosionNetwork.com voting if it falls between a certain release date. Um, it came out in December, so, um, mm. but I mean, it came out like six plus months later in America, which apparently it's popular in America. I can't remember what channel put out in America, but, uh, same people. Say yeah. I saw, uh, so. Jeff Canato, who I'm a long time follower of, uh, talking about it, piping really? it up. So there you go. So very positive. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember which place picked it up, but it's funny. It's one of those things. Paramount, I'm pretty um, sure. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, so Colin from Accounts, very funny. Uh, it's an Australian series about, it's a classic tale of a girl flashing a guy, the guy hitting a dog, and then the two of them dealing with the, <laughs> uh, the, the dog, I guess. And yep, sort of how it works. But I mean, that's, that's sort of the, 
the pitch for the show it's a it's you got this guy played by um uh, patrick brammel who is a he works at like a, a brewery no like a bar it's not bar it's like a it's like a i don't know whatever he looks at like a bar brewery place where he makes his own like i don't know what do you call like fancy beers <laughs> like craft uh, beers yeah uh, yes yes that's all um <laughs> And then uh, Harriet Dyer, who uh, they're like married in real life or whatever, uh, and they're the creators of the show too. Uh, she's a nurse, well, not, no, she's like a nurse in training. Uh, but yeah, they hit this dog. They decide to look after the dog. Oh, well, no, they try to take it to the vet in the first episode. And then they're like, it's going to cost like 10 grand to fix the dog. And they're like, well, fuck that. <laughs> oh, no, hold on. He pays it. And then she's like, okay, well, I have to help. And then awkward scenarios and she, um, it's very funny. Um, it stuck with me all the way through to the end of this year where I'm, I'm still like, that was probably one of the funniest things I watched in the last 12 months. So, uh, yeah, very keen for a season two and glad to have seen it's found an audience outside of Australia. It's very, uh, first binge original as well mm. was the thing at the time. First binge original series and it's now doing well in America. So there you go. All right. Uh, my number six is Poker Face, the Ryan Johnson created, Natasha Lillione starring, uh, I don't know, Murder of the Week mystery, um, which Natasha Lillione plays a Charlie, a person who can just tell when people are lying. She just has an innate ability. Um, so yeah, she's very unlucky in that every week she comes, she happens to stumble into a situation where someone gets has been murdered, uh, and slowly over the course of the episode figures out what actually happened and uh, you know solves the mystery. It's it's a it's a great uh, mystery show. Uh, I guess it's not a whodunit because you where's the audience know who done it? Like at the start of each episode, they clearly show you how it happened and who did it. So. Um, but yeah, Natasha Lyonne's like fantastic. The show's really well written. Fantastic guest stars every single week. Really interesting, fascinating uh, situations that Charlie ends up winds up in uh, every week. And then there's the ongoing threat of uh, someone going after her the entire season. So uh, Poker Face, another show I'm eagerly anticipating another season of. Uh, yeah, so that's my number six. Still much to number five. My number five is Happy Valley season three. Um, so wow. I watched all of Happy Valley this year, right up to the third season. Um, I kept seeing the third season being quite popular and people talking about it. I was like, you know what? I'll check this show out. Um, I like a, a good detective thing. Mm-hmm. Um, police drama, you know, when done good. Um, and yeah, this one is very good. So it's like... Uh, yeah, I think the first season came out in 2014, and yeah, the third season was this past year. So it's British, so yeah, they just spaced them out. They they do it whenever they, whenever they feel like yeah, it. No. Yeah. yeah, they're only like six episodes each, and they still take years to make them. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking knock them out when we need. Um, but yeah, it's very good. I don't want to say too much about the third season because I'd say like if you're like me and you're, you've never heard of this really until I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, I'd highly suggest it if you like the idea of like british police drama um basically the the pitch i guess for the first season as, as much as i'm saying the third season was my, my thing is you've got um the main character uh catherine kaywood kaywood yeah she's uh her prior to the event of the show this dude called tommy lee royce uh who was her daughter's quote-unquote boyfriend um raped her and then um she killed herself when she had a child and then he's gone to prison and at the start of the first season he's getting out and she hasn't told her grandson 
why her mother killed herself or why or who her, uh, the dad is and all this sort of stuff and he doesn't know he even has a child she doesn't know that like she her uh, mm. that she had a child and then killed herself because of all these sorts of things so that sort of plays out each season has a connecting story between that character tommy lee royce plus her grandson and her and this like family dynamic it all plays out as that like the core value but then there's also each season has a different like um intertwining police case like there's always like one other case that's sort of playing throughout it all as well on top of that she's that she's having to help solve and stuff like that so um it's it's very good the acting's fantastic by everyone in it it's not a very action it's not an action-packed police show. don't expect much like there's a couple of shootouts and whatever else but it's mostly just like fantastic performances and people yelling at each other and crying and stuff like that so if that sounds good watch the first season and watch the third one or you know watch the second one as well i guess but <laughs> all right um uh, my number five is silo uh the apple tv series starring rebecca ferguson uh, which she, she there's a, she's living in a post-apocalyptic future uh, where everybody's living underground in giant silos, um, but maybe there's a bigger mystery on uh, at at foot. Um, yeah, just a very fascinating world to live in uh, and to experience over the course of the ten episode uh, season. Um, you know, try, just kind of explaining how this world works uh the traditions and how kind of getting into why they uh don't want any old artifacts from before the silo was created and like how do how do they keep everything in the silo running and like um this big fuck off engine at the bottom of the solid shit so um on top of that there's like this weird mystery about like uh who's behind everything at the silo who's actually running everything uh, a bunch of murders are happening so there's all these different threads that uh play out over the season i think they do a f- very good job of like kind of bringing them all together um and then leaving off again with, with an awesome end point that you know desperately want to you know watch more <laughs> uh yeah and just a really fascinating series opens really interestingly and in that like the first episode is kind of very stand like you could see it as very standalone in that, you know, it focuses on a lot of characters that you don't see ever again uh, for one reason or another. Um, but yeah, Silo was a show that uh, had like a really interesting buzz at the start of the year and uh, no, don't see as many people talking about it now, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it while I was watching it. So yeah, that's my number five. <laughs> Dylan, what's your number four? My number four was probably my biggest surprise to you, which was Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Um, a series I was always going to be keen to watch because I really, really like Scott Pilgrim, um, like the comic and then the movie. But I definitely went into this going, oh, I don't know, like, do I do I really need to see another version of this story? Um, it's probably not going to do much for me. Um, and it, you know, it re- they really did a good job at not giving away what it's actually going to be like because, again, I, just, I don't know, the spoiler barrier on this is i know everyone's still talking about it but if you for somehow haven't dodged the spoilers for the scott pilgrim takes off yet and you're sort of like me and we're like ah, i don't know surely it won't be that good it breaks all expectations i would say <laughs> um it's very 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 good done scott pilgrim takes off is also my number four well scott pilgrim versus the world is like in my top five movies of all time i love it that much 
uh, and then to have this come out and you're like, I'm very excited to see another adaptation of that source material. Maybe something a little bit truer, maybe a little more accurate to the comic books. Uh, and maybe it doesn't go in that direction and it's the better for it. It's, it's its own unique thing. Uh, it gives them an opportunity to explore a lot of the characters that they didn't explore in either movie or the comics in a certain way. Um, it is incredibly animated science. Saru, uh, I'm sure are going to be getting a lot of work in the future. Um, cause all the fight sequences look impeccable. Um, just there's so much enjoy like crazy silliness in this as well. Uh, whether you've got ninja paparazzi or, uh, Todd Ingram getting upset about <laughs> his love life and other bizarre, wacky, there's robots, it's weird. It's a good time. Great soundtrack as well, uh, with both the songs in the actual show plus the soundtrack that was taken almost completely from the the video game. Um, yeah, it's just a great package. Um, yeah, so that's my number four. Dylan, what's your number three? My number three is Silo. Um, wow, I really, really enjoyed Silo. It sort of ticks all the boxes for stuff I like, which is dark moody sci-fi shit i guess i don't know <laughs> like, um definitely falls into a genre where like this felt like a dylan show um just lots of characters not smiling for a lot of time um <laughs> rebecca ferguson i think is very very good in it sort of in an underrated way i really love and um because the thing is like her character in the in the modern in the modern day it's like she's just pissed off she's like looking fancies or whatever you know like that sort of stuff but i just love how she's able to do this dynamic where the flashbacks where she's um like happy and everything like that with a certain character i think there's like a, a big dynamic in her performance there that I, I think goes a little bit underappreciated um tim robbins is fantastic in this as well of course um david yellow uh, yep i think i think so I say, um, really, really good for the time we get it. Ian Glenn, of course. Like, there's all these really fantastic performances, but yeah, just the overall world of the silo itself. Um, it's how it works. It's the way it explains what what people do. Like these runners, like transporting stuff to different areas where people work on different parts. Like, sort of, you know, and and the culture between different parts of the silo and how that even changes and then just the whole thing about going outside and cleaning and like how that all plays out across the season and and stuff so yeah i really really love this series and like i um can't wait for the se second season all right uh my number three is the last of us uh so as someone who never played the video games but had watched like the story and that's you know at least it's now in a format that i can feel comfortable watching it <laughs> uh even though you know because there's not that many clickers. Um, yeah, just the best video game adaptation to date. Uh, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey are fantastic as Ellie and Joel. Um, make the roles their own. Uh, they don't, not necessarily exact replicas of uh, the video game versions of those characters. And that's, you know, that's fine. Um, also great performances from a lot of the ensemble cast, the people who drop in, um, they kind of expand the world in interesting ways. Um, and of course, you know, you've got that fantastic uh, episode, uh, Long, Long Road, I think, off the top of my head, uh, starring Nick Offerman and uh, Murray Bartlett. Um, that is like one of the standout episodes of the year. Uh, just a completely unexpected love story that um, 
you know, just a little bit of light and darkness and so delightful. Um, they nailed a lot of the big moments that you, I'm sure fans wanted to get nailed properly. And uh, yeah, it, it was a fantastic season of television. Um, and hopefully they don't rush into the next one. <laughs> 2025. So we got a whole year. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, what's your number two? My number two is the fall of the house of Usher. Uh, the Mike Flanagan Netflix series for 2023. He does one every year. <laughs> um, <laughs> this year's is, uh, based on Edgar Allan Poe short stories. Um, taking the fall of the house of Usher as like the main one and then intertwining a bunch of other Edgar Allan Poe shorts within this story, um, which is done really smart. Uh, but the, the crux the basis is basically it's this ultra rich sort of obviously asshole you know picture any of the big the big elites in the world it's sort of like that you've got Roderick Usher at the head of it and he's got a bunch of kids some of them bastards or whatnot but at the end of the day he he's like anyone in Usher is an Usher sort of what like once you're in you're in sort of scenario um he runs a whole family dynasty with his sister uh Madeline and they kids start dying um, one by one in different sorts of weird fashion. And it sort of all ties back to this character played by Carla uh, Green, Greeno, um, and the mystery around her. And if she has something to do from the brother and sister's past when they were younger and how that all comes in. Um, but yeah, there's just so many great characters in this and like Rahul Coley falling into the Flanagan family has been one of my favorite things because he's every series he's done so far of him he's had this fantastic character playing fantastic performance henry thomas is great in everything he does with him um kate siegel his wife or mike flanagan's wife never has a bad role but that's because she's fantastic um but yeah a lot ultra shout out for this series would be mark hamill who i adore in this just playing he's like the the one man army for the Roderick Usher, uh, for the Usher family where it's like hey he's their lawyer he's their like secret detective he's their fucking like bodyguard he's like you just he's always in the background whenever he speaks it's just with this ultra dry like Mike Hamill delivery and he's just like such a presence on screen I, I, I love him in it so um yeah uh I mean I just love nearly everything Mike Flanagan does <laughs> so just sort of hits hits a nerve for me but yeah this was really really good all right. Uh, my number two is Succession season four. Uh, the the massive, you know, American capitalist tragic comedy comes to an end. Um, yeah, just a fantastic series that now is all ending. Um, yeah, this, this was just one of those shows that I watched. Like it was a point of viewing every single week, um, and then on top of like uh, watching the episode went devoured like the behind the scenes footage that the piece that they would release that week that would be at least two or three podcasts i listened to about each episode um that's the kind of show this was that you know you wanted to hear everybody's thoughts and opinions on every facet of the show um yeah just a it it is the american <laughs> modern day game of thrones um and modern day game of thrones it's that's a sentence yeah um you know, but you know, they didn't upset everybody with how it ended. It ended distinctly. <laughs> um, yeah, just a show that was willing to take 
incredible risks this season, like made some very bold choices um, in its direction. Um, incredibly shot, like some of the crazy stuff they chose to do to try and get the best performances out of the actors. Um, it was really compelling. Um, yeah, just a, it just ended so well that, you know, if we, it, which is seemingly very difficult to do. So yes, that's my number two. Dylan, what is your number one? My number one is White Lotus season two, which ended like I think basically November thirtieth or December first or something last year, but or the year before. But anyway, it falls into our category. Um, the show's just so. I'm good. really was... going to look forward to <laughs> listening back to last year's episode. Why? If you've got both of these in there, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I don't care because <laughs> twelve months later. What a show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, if you haven't watched White Lotus, it's not really about anything in particular. It's about this. Like, the first season was about, it was supposed to be a one and done. And they were like, we'll do season two. And even I was a bit like, I don't know. Like, I hate this like whole, like, usually if you turn a limited series into an actual series, it turns to shit because that's not really, like, you didn't set out to make a story. But um, they just, Mike White took the, like, well the show's just about people interacting at a hotel and the dynamics and, you know, some of them are really evil sort of rich fuckwits and some of them aren't and some of them just have money and they're not fuckwits and let's see how all these people intermingle with the hotel staff and whatever else. It's like season two is just set at a different White Lotus hotel and here's a bunch of new characters other than Jennifer Coolidge who's there as well because apparently a character does nothing but go on holidays, which is great because she's fantastic. And then <laughs> in comes a bunch of other characters, including um, one played by like Audrey Plazas in this season and uh, Theo James, and they hate each other, and it's great. Um, and then uh, who else is in this? Uh, Haley Lou Richardson plays a character who I sort of hate, but also don't hate, but she's really annoying, but I sort of like feel bad for her. Um, and then uh, you got these brand new introductions of like uh, Simona Tabasco, who's uh, did such a great performance in this that she pretty much got signed to a major um like american um like pr whatever you call it like a agency sorry like agency, a, yeah. a agency picked her up talent pretty much agency, following yeah. this yeah talent agency picked her up pretty much straight after the like halfway through the, this season airing and stuff like that so um it's fantastic it's just delves into a certain psyche i it's just so well written so well shot the music's fantastic there's like so much like imagery and stuff that's played off the background i feel like i could watch it and still not understand all of it which is great because you don't really need to you can watch this half drunk and still sort of enjoy it like bit or or you can dive deeper into some of the other parts of it but um yeah i love it i'll also shout out to the uh, michael improperoli um from i mean i might know him from the sopranos, sopranos i guess but um but his whole family in this and it's just like a bunch of it's like him his dad and his son and like the dynamic between them three on holidays is uh is something interesting uh but yeah white light season two i don't care <laughs> fuck your rules <laughs> great it's also the best show next year best show next year too somehow <laughs> this year best show 2024 <laughs> my number one is the bear season two um the fantastic comedy slash drama who knows what it is um about comedy it's not a comedy i refuse this it's not listen dylan if they say they're a comedy you need to respect their preferred pronouns uh (laughs) except that they're a comedy um 
yeah, just a fantastic show, like beautifully written, um, really great performances. Uh, this season, really interesting that kind of ex- allowed all the different characters from that were kind of fighting against each other, kind of growing this season, developing their own personal abilities, kind of leveling up, I guess, in the lead up to reopening the restaurant. Um, this season has like two of the best episodes of television of the year, back to back in uh, Fishes and Forks. Um, just uh, what names? Yeah. What names? Um, yeah, just it is some of the best television on TV at the moment. Um, the food looks fantastic. It's it can be incredibly tense at times, and it is funny at various points as well. You know, there is a lot of there is a lot of stuff you can laugh at, uh, even if it's like awkwardly. <laughs> and um, yeah, this season they managed to get a bunch of cool guest stars in as well who must have loved the first season as well like Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Olivia Coleman and uh, Will Poulter crazy uh, so yeah that's that's my number one show of 2023 at least mid 2023 so there's no doubts Dylan let's do our this week's top three definitely in the top three this week's top three is top three honorable mentions so Dylan, this year have you gone like eleven through thirteen or like No, I've just picked three random ones. Okay, so yeah. I've got similar ones. Similar shows that I would like to get highlighted more. So yes. Dylan, what's your number three? Uh, uh number three is Poker Face, a show that I have really, really enjoyed and I've just never got a chance to go back and watch the last few episodes. So um, Ooh, you've got some treats sitting there yeah. on Stan. <laughs> on Stan, that's what I do. So I have to go back and finish off that show because yeah, it's just it just sort of fell through for whatever reason. I just never, and there's there's definitely been times where I could have watched it, but I was like, yeah, but I kind of want to pay attention. Like I could have put it on while doing something else, you know, yeah. like doing work. But I'm like, it's not a, it's not an and doing work show, you know. It's not an and while I'm trying to sit here and do stuff. Like I want to no. give it my full attention. So it's not a content um, show. Yeah, it's not a content show. It's a yeah. So it sort of just fell through the cracks because of that. Um, do you just want me to do my full three, or we t- yeah, you can do your full three if you yeah. if it. What do you want to do? Okay. Um, then I have Bump, season three. Uh, really, really enjoyed. Obviously, this is one of my favorite shows. I usually shout it out every single year at some point in, the, in this podcast or this list. Um, didn't quite make my top 10, but um, the third season did a time jump where the their kid's now like six or something. I can't remember. But anyway, she's like a little girl now, um, sort of a little baby. Uh, so that adds a different dynamic to it. And uh, a bunch of other characters have obviously aged up, like jobs are out of school now and stuff. And I really love this choice to sort of do a time jump. I think it helped so much. They would have got st- stuck in a rut trying to play through the rest of their um, school years one year after time. So I think it was re- really, really smart to do it, to do the jump. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed that. Season four just come out. Haven't got a chance to, to, to go fully through that yet. But um, yeah, Bump continues to be one of my favorite shows every year. And then um, I'll continue on the Australian tra- train. Andy Donner's Cough coffee cafe coffee cafe <laughs> which is i mean i just love Adi dotta um they're like weird absurdist ridiculous i don't know what you want to call it comedy at times um and this show is all of that i mean it's got some really funny skits it's got some ridiculous moments uh it's very funny um i don't know if they're doing a second season i don't know i guess that was up to abc because it was the abc show but um you know like they did that netflix show Nothing came of that for a second one. They had the ABC mm-hmm. one, but um, very different. But they're both just wacky and wild and had some very funny jokes in it. Um, 
including a real estate awards and like this really like terrible bachelor party. This one a lot um, more Australia focused. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot more Australia focused. Um, but yeah, lots of laughs from me. So, um, you know, they're my three shout outs. All right. My top three honorable mentions. Number three, uh, The After Party, season two. Um, was a fantastic comedy on Apple TV Plus and uh, based around a murder every se- the season um, where uh, Tiffany Haddish comes in with uh, Sam Richardson and solve like kind of invent uh, interview everybody kind of around the murder uh, the night of the murder and like uh, piecing together through their retelling of a series of events but everybody tells the series of events in like a different genre of show. Um, yeah, just a really well put together show, uh, really compelling mystery and like kind of piece, trying to piece all the pieces together to quite, can you figure it out before the show tells you who the actual murder is kind of show. So that was a really enjoyable and kind of disappointed. We're not going to get more, but you know, it's probably for the best because I don't know if they could have kept the quality up. <laughs> uh, my number, my second honorable mention, uh, one piece, the, live action adaptation of the long running manga series, which of course was a massive success on Netflix. Um, amazing casting, I think is the key thing. Like they managed to nail every single one of the key straw hat pirates. Um, they are able to like kind of adapt it in a way that was very respectful to the source material, but also kind of worked for a larger audience. Uh, um, like kind of made it very mainstream and accessible. Um, yeah, it was just very, very visually impressive for a show that um, you know, is obviously set on the ocean, which isn't necessarily the uh, uh, I mean, it's easiest barely on place the ocean, to film. To be fair. It's yeah, there's a lot of islands, a lot of land. <laughs> there's, they're inside the ships a lot. So, um, but yeah, it was a really well done series. Excited for another season, uh, and then my number one is uh, Double Fine Psych Odyssey, which is a uh, multi-part youtube series that they did release during the release like it was a patreon thing for oh no not patreon um it was like a backer kickstarter reward thing or whatever. kickstarter reward uh that finally got released to the public this year um of the making of uh psychonauts 2 uh i think it is must watch for any gamer to like kind of understand the develop gaming development process, what goes into making video games, why these are, things are kind of taking so long now. Remember, this is like a platformer, not a uh, massive open world game, um, and all the like di- different facets that kind of go into it. Uh, just the different, a lot of the interesting people who make the video games and like the kind of how, how you know if the right dynamic of people out there that, you know, things can quickly fall apart or go to shit. So, uh, yes, just a very fascinating watch. Uh, even if you haven't played Psychonauts like me. So, uh, yeah, that's my, those are my overall mentions. Let us know what your top 10 TV shows of 2023 are by going to explosion.com slash Twitter or jump to our discord at explosion.com slash discord if you want to help us out here at what you want to watch leave us a review on apple Podcasts or on podchaser leave us five stars any quinn leave five stars and if you've enjoyed this episode follow us with a dollar want to help us out here at explosion network head over to explosion.com slash support 
uh, you know, donate to our Kofi page like a few people over the Christmas holiday break did. Uh, all right. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to check out Explosion.com uh, for all our best of 2023 content. And until next time, keep watching stuff, I guess.